You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special Locked On, not just Padres, it's a Locked On crossover, and I'm being joined by the new host of Locked On MLB Prospects, my co-host for the day, Lindsey Crosby. Sir, how are you doing? Uh, I am doing well. I am excited that at least one of us knows they're getting spring training soon. Because the minor leaguers have to report. They don't have an option. That is, that's absolutely right, man. And look, it's, it's, it's a hard world that we live in. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It is a hard world that we live in. But uh, if you guys couldn't tell, he's on. we're going to be talking about some prospect stuff. And since it's what better to discuss than an episode all about Gore, guys, it's going to be a good one. Because Mackenzie Gore is, look, I don't know too much about the the, the intricacies of prospect work. I, I, I've been slowly ingratiating myself more into, you know, the systems and stuff like that over the years, especially since I started hosting this here podcast. But I've really found it that Mackenzie Gore is just, I don't remember the last kind of player that was like this, Lindsay. You know what I'm saying? And I've had um old host of Lockdown LA Prospects, Arm Layton, on the show to talk about it. But I've never talked about Mackenzie Gore specifically. And just the fact that we are specifically talking about him... <laughs> For one episode, I really do think is a perfect summation of like how crazy the sort of, you know, saga has been for this guy. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Gore's a guy, first round pick out of high school. At one point in time, he is the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball. And this guy Mm -hmm. looks like a sure thing. And then he just forgets how to pitch. And I mean, he goes from, from like, the alter like the, the alternate site to triple A El Paso gets absolutely destroyed. Go spends two months at the spring training complex, not in rookie ball, just at the complex, and then comes back and makes it all the way back to double A, and then goes to the Arizona Fall League after the season and throws up a six ERA. Like there's so many things you can look at with this situation and just ask like, what is going on or what happened or what's going to happen from here. But like the thing for Mackenzie Gore that I think about, and when you're looking at a prospect and you're trying to figure out how to value this guy, what is he going to be? You kind of look at the quality of his stuff now and then project out what it could be. And like Mackenzie Gore, even now has the best fastball in the Padre system. I mean, it's, it's such a great, pitch and I mean he can he can throw this fastball you know 98 if he needs to and then you throw in a a, a, a mid-80 slider that breaks really well like a one to seven curveball a change up they all look like they're plus pitches and you know you see this he's got great athleticism obviously and and this is the makings of a guy that's like a front of rotation starter you see why he's the number one prospect in baseball and then like I said he just kind of forgets how to pitch and I want to ask you, as somebody who's probably seen more McKenzie Gore than I have, is this the yips? Or is it something like mechanical or physical? (laughs) It feels like it's a bunch of things. Based on what I've heard, right, with this this leg kick that I keep hearing about and what have you, I mean, maybe 
thing, but it's like just the little why, you know, again, again, as someone who's not like an expert or whatnot, I mean, look, I mean, before we even started recording this podcast, we were having issues with setting up audio and whatnot. So I can imagine that pitching professional baseball, there's all sorts of things that go into that. But for me, it was like, you know, I just remember just starting to look at the Padres system, which was once believed to be like the best system in major league history. It had so much upside, so many different guys, and some of it is gone now. And Gore was literally the top pitching prospect in baseball, right? And that was so exciting for a team that really hadn't had an ace pitcher since basically Jake Peavy. Uh, and you had a couple years there with a guy like Tyson Ross and whatever before the comments. People get mad at me. Yes, there's been some good years, Matt Latos and such. But this was like a guy who was called Clayton Kershaw, right? And I think that Clark, was it Clark Schmidt that he was compared to by Fangraphs? I forgot who it was. Clark something. It was a Phillies Hall of Fame pitcher. I forgot get it right now but they're like that was the comp that he was getting and then all of a sudden a year and a half later he's outside of most top lists like when was do you, can, this is a little bit of a side question to what you said but uh, it's just i just thought of it what was the do you remember a prospect falling this much before it, it had not it's not like they debuted you know what I mean? It's not like he's actually made it to the majors and we're like, oh, okay, this guy isn't as good as we thought. It is still a guy that's in the minors who was sought so highly and then has fallen so precipitously. So, like, off the, off the top of my head, I can't think of a guy who had a drop like this that wasn't due to injury or, like you said, debuting and just looking bad. Like, everybody that I think about that has fallen down boards, uh, and current player example, Christian Pache. He was seen as like a generational yeah. player in the Braves system. I mean, like they said he might Even be I the know best. Who that is. Yeah. yeah. Like he might be the best outfield defender since Andrew Jones. And Andrew Jones was right. one of the best outfield defenders of all time. And, you know, all of this stuff. He has a great 2020 NLDS. He comes in and plays like three or four games, looks great. And then starts off, you know, and, and he's falling down boards now. He's not the number one prospect in Atlanta anymore. And they're just hoping to get any sort of offensive contribution out of him. But it's because he played 30-something games in MLB last year and looked bad and then got hurt and then never really looked back to normal form. And I, I just can't think of a guy who didn't get hurt, didn't debut in MLB and look bad, and still fell this hard. And yeah. and it's like it's odd because he 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 has all of the parts still. Like he right. still has the fastball. It's still it's still a 98 mile an hour pitch. He still has a good curveball. He has the slider, but for some reason, it doesn't all come together on the mound. And right. a lot of people have kind of written off Mackenzie Gore, and I think that that might actually be good for him. And mm. like, I think I, I, I think it's good for him because at this point, I'm convinced that it's got to be something mental. I did a lot of prep for this podcast, pretty much by uh, by researching the yips. I um, you know, I went, I went, I like not joking. I read Rick Ankiel's book. I listened to some interviews with him, some other people, um, and I kind of have an interesting connection to this too. So I live in Auburn, Alabama. It's a college town, and every Friday night, my, me and my family go watch the the gymnasts perform, and I get to watch Olympic gold medalist Suni Lee perform. And the only reason Suni Lee got a gold medal was because Simone Biles had to withdraw from some events at the Olympics because she had the mm -hmm. twisties. And the twisties right. are the gymnastics version of the yips. And in essence, the twisties are when you're in the air, your body can't figure out where it is. 
And so it's mm-hmm. dangerous to keep performing because you might get hurt. And I feel like Mackenzie Gore still has all the physical talents. He's healthy. For some reason, his body can't figure out where all of its parts are during the pitch. I believe like the the sensation of knowing where your arms are where your arms are is called proception. Like he just doesn't have it. Mm. And I don't mm-hmm. I I want to know what was the thing that broke. Like right. where what what was the one the, the one thing Rick Ankeel talks about he was in the playoffs and he's he's starting game 1 of the NLDS against um Greg Maddox. And he goes out there, gets through two innings. Greg Maddox gives up six runs. And then he goes out in the third inning and he throws a cutter and it misses. And then he throws a curveball and he bounces it. And he ends up throwing five wild pitches in the inning and they pull him out. And he said, like, something just broke in that third inning. When I started, like, when I threw a warm up pitch, it didn't feel right. And I started to question it. And when I started to question it, it started spiraling. And so. What was that thing for Mackenzie Gore? Because the reports we got from this was it happened while he was at the alternate site. Yeah. It, it wasn't in actual competition. It was at the alternate site. And so what was that thing that led to it? Was it actually mental? Was it the yips? Or is it just a mechanical issue where he tried to fix something with his, with his you know, like fix his leg kick or fix something in his delivery and it just completely threw him on a whack? Yeah. I mean, look. I don't necessarily know exactly what it was that broke. Oh, and hey, look, things break all the time. My brain broke before I said Clark Schmidt. It was actually Steve Carlton I was referring to, by the way, <laughs> Philly's Hall of Fame pitcher. But uh, before we – I actually have another good comparison for yeah. Mackenzie Gore that I just thought of at the top of my head. Long-time listeners of the pod No, I love the cross-referencing and whatnot. But before we get into that, let me tell you guys something about something that never breaks. It never falters. It is the most trustworthy product in, in the universe, dare I say. Uh, maybe not the universe. I don't know what the aliens and stuff got. But I will tell you, on planet Earth, man, protein bars. You know which are the best ones? Built Bars. Let's see. Those are the best protein bars that you can get. This is the time of the year that I usually give up on my New, New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to it. I'm trying to eat healthier. And Built Bar has really helped when it comes to my like need for sweet tooth stuff and what have you. And it's not really all that difficult because... I actually enjoy eating them. They're really yummy. They taste really great. And they're healthy for you. The macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And you compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You're really helping yourself out. And aside from just, if you don't want to take my word for it, you know what I mean? Check out the flavors, man. They got white chocolate cookies and cream this month. They've got strawberry cake flavors. They've got coconut almond mint brownie, coconut brownie chunk, apple almonds crisp, my mom's favorite, cherry barcia. All sorts of good stuff, guys. All delicious. Kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of, of protein bars, if, if I may. Uh, so go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15, guys, for 15% off that good old Built Bar at built.com. And also, just for a second, let me talk to you about Rock Auto. All right? With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure all those questions, like what is your Odyssey? Is it LX? Is it? I never knew. I don't even know what that means. Like I have no idea what it means. Do you know what it means, Lindsay? I, I have no idea. I'm assuming like the, <laughs> the different models and trims and 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 pack special packages. There's so much, and like 
why answer all those questions at the counter just for them to mail the part to you anyway at 100% markup? Exactly, exactly. And speaking of 100%, you could save time and money when using Rock Auto, Rock Auto folks. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts? An example, Han Odyssey fuel pump is 353 from chain stores while it's only 216 from Rock Auto, of course, using US dollars, guys. It is fantastic. They're great for everyday customers and newcomers like me who have no idea what the heck cars are even made of or what have you. I know that they have wheels, that that, that much I do know. Uh, go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Remember guys, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that little uh, little little sponsor ad break there, everybody. Uh, just because, you know, I know they're, they're on, everybody who's listening, they're on the edge of their seat. What is the comparison I have for McKenzie? What's the comp, right? What's the comp, right? I got an NBA player for all of you. You ready? Markel Fultz, all right? Remember, for, for every NBA fan, and here's why I say this, because Markel Fultz was a guy who, was a top three consensus kind of pick for college basketball. And then he comes to the draft. He's the first overall pick in the draft. And then all of a sudden, before he makes his debut, as we were mentioning before, he just kind of breaks. His shot is broken. He shoots the ball like he has the yips. I, I didn't even know that was possible in bas basketball, to be honest with you. And that happens all of a sudden. And that was part of his skill set. He was a slasher. He drove to the rim. And he could also pull up from three. He could do everything. And then he just has a magically a new shot. It just changes. And then what happens? There are all the conspiracies, right? What happened is there was a conspiracy that he, he actually got in a motorcycle accident. They were covering it up and all that stuff. And with the Padres case and Mackenzie Gore, it's a little similar. All of a sudden, this alternate site thing comes in there. And he's, it's not a thing of, okay, he's got like, it's not like he, there was one, I don't know how to even explain it, but it's not like, oh, like he got to AAA and then just gave up a bunch of bombs, but the ERA was still okay. It's not like he was like just a little bit worse. It was like, what happened? Like what happened to this guy? And like, like you mentioned before with the four plus bitches, the longtime comparison that he got is Clayton Kershaw. And if you look at his delivery, there's a little bit of a similarity, especially with the, maybe not with the leg kick, but it's kind of this very simple, straightforward delivery I don't know, man. Like, do you think that it was the, the alternate site? Do you think something happened? Do you think there's something that they're not telling us? Because maybe we should have known that the Padres, when they had their huge splash in 2021, trading for uh, Snell, trading for Darvish, trading for Musgrove, maybe that was a sign that they were like, uh-oh, like maybe Gore is not what we thought he would be. Yeah, and if I remember right, just going back to the Markel Fultz comparison for a second, mm -hmm. I think he talked about a shoulder injury is the reason yeah. that that, mm -hmm. that ultimately happened. And mm -hmm. I kind of, like, I I have to wonder about Mackenzie Gore. Was there some sort of injury? Was there some sort of, you know, like, mechanical imbalance? Or was it just tried to correct and and fix something in the, the delivery and screwed everything up? And mm -hmm. when you look at Mackenzie Gore, there's, like, three different eras of Mackenzie Gore, right? So there's the, the, the 2019 where he has a 1.69 ERA, a 0.83 whip. I mean, just absolutely dominant uh, in the minors. And then after the alternate site and all of that stuff, they start him at AAA. He's at El Paso. 5.85 ERA, 1.8 whip. Not great. Like we said, goes down for two months. When he comes back, he starts in the Arizona Complex League, 
goes to high A, finishes the year in double A, throws a combined total of 30 innings, 202 average, 43 strikeouts, 16 walks. He still, he wasn't back to normal with his control, but like he looked a lot better. And so part of me just wants them to come out and say, yeah, he was hurt. Like he had some sort of, you know, whether it was a shoulder, an elbow or something that maybe he was working through. He was trying to to adjust what he did to 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 make you know to to work around something that was sore, something that didn't feel right, and I don't know if that's the case or not. But I everybody who's written off Mackenzie Gore, like I want people to understand still, like he's still on time on track to debut as mm-hmm. normal. So from 2010 to 2016, I, I kind of did a little bit of research today. Just over mm-hmm. 500 pitchers were drafted and signed out of high school in that time period. 42 Mm -hmm. of them have thrown 100 innings in a major league season. And on average, it took them six seasons to do that. So 2023 is six seasons for him. Now, we we think it's less because there's some of the notable notable exceptions. Chris Paddock is a guy your listeners know very well. Took him four years to get up and throw 100 innings. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they know him very well. Uh, <laughs> didn't mean to bring up bad memories there. Uh, no, it's all good. Jack Flaherty's a guy. Took him four, you know, four years to get up and do that. You know, Jose Fernandez, God bless him, took him only two years to go yeah. from high mm-hmm. school to throwing 100. But the average is still six, you know, and there's guys on the other end of that. Adrian Hauser of the Brewers took him eight years. Took... Um, took, I think it was Max Freed took him almost eight years. So like, and Max Freed's great. That's a great and Max Freed's great. So he's a up, great, yeah. he's a great pitcher. He just won a World Series. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, if you're worried about Mackenzie Gore and you've written him off as not being able to contribute, remember that he wouldn't have contributed until this year or next year anyway. Like on average for a high school pitcher being drafted. So I think when they go out and they trade for Darvish, they trade for Snell, they trade for Musgrove, that may have been something where. They were hoping that they would get um, Mackenzie Gore available, but like mm-hmm. timeline wise, it's not like he's out of sync. And you have to remember too, he lost a year with the pandemic. He didn't have actual competition. Yeah. All he had was alternate side stuff, which obviously didn't work out that well for him. So, so I still think he has, you know, he has the ability to be a good starter. Uh, guys that took longer than six years. Doesn't mean they were bad. Blake Snell took six years. He, he he won a Cy Young. Tyler Glasnow took seven years. He's a good pitcher. So just because um, he might take a little longer doesn't mean you're a bad pitcher. And, you know, 2023 would be six years for him. So if he comes up and throws this year, if he looks good in AAA to start the season and they call him up, he's ahead of pace despite having lost pretty much two entire full seasons. Yeah. I mean – that's the big thing, right? Where I think that oftentimes the thing that I and I, I like I love talking and breaking down prospects, but you know there's there's some freaks out there. And what I mean by that is the people who are like, I wouldn't trade right now Adley Rutschman for Ronald Acuna, because that's how good like you know that some people forget a lot of these guys will become even the like the top level prospects, they'll become good major league players. And sometimes people they, they get a little bit too excited about the new, is what mm-hmm. I've noticed. And I think that maybe, just maybe, the Mackenzie Gore situation was where, 
a situation where people were betting in their heads that, oh my God, Clayton Kershaw, he's going to come up now and be awesome. Maybe you just brought up Max Freed. I think that's a great name to get Padres fans excited. Don't get me wrong. Is it just taking out one name? And there's probably some other guys who didn't pan out. But even still, it is a good example of, hey, everyone's got their own track. If Mackenzie Gore is still only like 22, 23 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So in the grand scheme of things, like it's not like he debuted and was a mess. At least we know there's still potential here. And at least we know that, you know, it's 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 hard, right? Like maybe the big thing that happened here is the miss wasn't on him as it's on his talent, but maybe it was, okay, let's calm down with the, uh, you know, uh, the, the Steve Carlton, Clayton Kershaw comparison, that they're going to be ready next year, rookie of the year, he's going to be an ace immediately. Maybe we miss on that. But did we miss on a serviceable pitcher? Maybe. And I think Padres fans m- might forget, like, even if he's a good, solid number three, that's still huge, even if it isn't what you necessarily thought it was going to be at the top and what you might have been betting on. Yeah, and and I think at this point, kind of like looking at how the Padres dealt with pitching last year, you – you can't turn away from a number three pitcher. Like that's a thing that the Padres yeah, absolutely need. You exactly. have to have that. And part of me wonders if some of it was the hype and the stress kind of combined to throw him off. And that's something when you look at people who have talked about having the yips before, and I keep coming back to Rick Ankiel because I spent so much research on him, but they talk about it's a combination of feeling some sort of pressure and stress and then having something bad happen and immediately questioning yourself and it spirals. And so it's possible that maybe just the expectations of this is the next Clayton Kershaw just did something to him where it was too much. It's possible that for all we know, maybe they came to him and they said, Hey, we're getting ready to add you to the roster and let you pitch during 2020. I mean, maybe maybe it was something like that and we don't know about. But when you watch him pitch, he's still a good pitcher. And I still think he can contribute. The question's going to be, uh, one, where do you start him off at? And mm-hmm. how that does. And then two, how does he respond the first time he deals with adversity? Uh, and, and, yeah. and that's something, and I'm not saying that there's anything, there's any sort of issue with him, but... I think if it was something where it was like the yips or some sort of of stress kind of thing causing him to get inside his own head and it's more of a mental issue than a physical issue, then having to deal with some sort of failure is going to be good for him provided he can rebound from mm-hmm. it and he's learned the ways to to get himself back on track. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe everybody who took those those bets that the Padres are going to win the World Series and that, you know, they, they, the, Mackenzie Gore was going to come in that as the number five pitcher at the end of the year. He's going to be rookie of the year. Maybe you, you might have been off there. But speaking of betting, Lindsay, all right, not my best transition in the world, but, but stick with me. Uh, football good. might be over for the season, guys, but basketball, full steam. Thank you. Basketball is at full steam for both pro and college hoops. Unfortunately, no baseball, but still. Guys, from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, all right? It's not just football either. It's also baseball. It's boxing. It's UFC. It's hockey. It's uh, it's your favorite Vegas casino games, Olympic coverage. They got you covered on everything. They got it. They're going to have Oscars props, right? 
they're going to have that stuff. Which which movie do you think people saw the least out of everything? All right, they won't actually have that. I hate the Oscars for the record, and I like to make fun of them as much as I can, but they've got bets for them, whatever you guys want. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today and learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. I think for the last topic of the show, I want to ask you kind of what you think the Padres should kind of feel going forward, right? Like, how do you address this thing going forward? Because I think the big thing some people are wondering is trade value and whatnot. And also, I want to, at the end of the show, just talk about you because you are the new host of the podcast <laughs> after all. So I, maybe we probably should have started with that, talking about you. That's usually how these things go. But then again, like Mackenzie Gore, there's been a lot of chaos in the development process and cycle and whatnot. But let's start with that. What do you think the Padres should do in terms of the future, given that they are a team that is supposedly uh, – built to win now do you think there's a valuable trade piece or do you think that they would be selling really low on what is potential and what overall value could be so second part i definitely think that if you trade mckenzie gordon now you're selling very low on his potential there's a lot of a lot of teams still look down and i'm not saying this is right but a lot of teams still look down on things like the yips uh, and they see mm-hmm. it as a sign of mental weakness and it's not uh, yep. You know, it's 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 something that happens to people across all sports. I mean, you see it in golf, you see it in tennis, you see it gymnastics, you see it everywhere from people who play at the highest level. So I think the best thing for the Padres to do is to put Mackenzie Gore in situations where he can be successful. You know, he, he did well at the end of the year in double A last year. Maybe that's something, and I talk about this a lot on, I believe it's Monday's show, about oftentimes when you have a pitcher coming back from injury who's missed some time competitively, you start them low in the system and you prepare to run them through to try to find their true talent level. So like the Braves ran Spencer Strider from low A all the way up to MLB last year. He's probably going to start at AAA. The Angels ran Davis Daniel all the way up through through AAA. They're going to start him at AA this year. And so take McKenzie Gore, start him lower, and, but be aggressive with the promotions. And the idea is you have him with coaches he's comfortable with. You have him in situations where he has the talent advantage over most of the guys he's on. Not everybody, but most of the guys he's on the field with. So you put him in the best situation to be successful so that he can internalize these good mechanics and the good results that come from that. Because so much of p- pitching is mental. So much of it is having confidence in your stuff, having confidence in your ability to do what you want to do with the baseball. So start him low, aggressively promote him through the system until you find where he's comfortable and let him pitch. And once he gets into a groove and can do it repeatedly, outing after outing after outing, only then do you discuss do we need to look at bringing him to the major league level? But if you trade him away, I mean, right now, that is the best fastball in the Padres system. You are selling incredibly yeah. low on a guy that I think, I mean, as he is right now, is probably a number three guy. And mm-hmm. if he gets back to the form he had, can be a number two or number one guy. I mean, the 2025 uh, rotation is going to have him at worst number three, assuming he's the same we saw at the end of last year. So... Uh, keep him in there, run him through the system, let him figure out where he's comfortable, and then just let him just let him coast. Let him coast mm-hmm. for a while, build up the confidence, build up um, the aggressiveness, build up the certainty that I 
am back to what I was. I know what I am doing, and I'm going to get some dudes out. Yeah, absolutely. And I've felt for a while. Uh, I actually had a tweet about this about the movie Holes. Uh, if you've ever seen that, um, where you know the main character and their family they get cursed because they do not lift Madame Zeroni up the mountain. I've had this feeling that like the the there's a possibility that trading gore is going to look really bad uh, for the Padres in the future. And I do get it. I get it, though, because this is a team made to build, to win now. You have a lot of win-now pieces. Can you get a good asset for him? It's possible. It makes sense. I don't want to say no outright to the idea of trading him because, I don't know, if they trade him tomorrow and I hear that they got some the Oakland A's Matt Olson somehow in return, like, yeah, I'm going to be like, okay, like, at least I that was really cool. We don't know what teams, how everybody feels about it. That's another good point to make about prospects is that not everybody just logs on to baseball reference or baseball American is like, Oh yeah, that's the, that's the guy we can't trade. Right. Like yeah. everyone views prospects sort of differently. And um, and that's the big thing you kind of touched ahead. on mm-hmm. is no prospect is untouchable. I mean, like absolutely nobody's untouchable. If the right package comes along, you will trade anybody. And so if somebody says like, absolutely do not trade him. Know that. What if somebody says, Hey, do you want Mike Trout? Yeah. I mean, probably not going to happen, but <laughs> no prospect is untradeable. It's just a matter of getting the right value for them. And I don't think another team is going to give you the right value for McKenzie Gore. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to think about that too. Like, I know we have like incredible reporters around every team, but there's got to have been some fun insane trades that we never find out about like movie scripts that never saw the light of day like i wonder if there's in the the corner like the cia classified file that like there was a mike trout trade out there but they it was so like you could not because the angels fans would lose it that like they had to shove it in somewhere that they offer the potters they're like give us abrams and gore we'll give you mike trout and no one ever knows about it right like it was it's i don't know uh that conspiracy hobbies making appearance right now i guess that's what i miss about the old waiver system where you could put a guy like after the trade deadline, you could put a guy on waivers and somebody could claim them. And if they claimed them, you either worked out a trade or you kept the guy. And you would see, like, back this is like 10 years ago, you would see teams put anybody on trade waivers just to see. Yeah. You would never know, like, all, all of a sudden it's like, stir the pot a little. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Mariano Rivera's on trade waivers. What? Yeah. <laughs> because, like, nobody's going to give you something of like something that's the right value for him until someone does. It only takes one team. And, like, I miss that so much is the trade is, is the, the waiver trades because you would see some of those. I remember one year there was a deal where, like, Chipper Jones was moving for like five guys. And, like, it, yeah. it obviously never happened, but it was one of those, it was just great to talk about, like, Here's that Mike Trout scenario. Yeah, what Here's that like? scenario. Yeah. yeah, what would it look like? Well, there you go. Here's where they tried to do it. So miss that. Absolutely. Absolutely miss that stuff. Um, but Lindsay, the one of the last things I wanted to talk about now is you. All right. This is the fun part of the podcast where we talk about you now hosting Lockdown Lily Prospects. It was hosted by Armley and good friend of mine who's been on this podcast before. Now you are hosting it. You're on the YouTubes and whatnot. What are just some fun things that people can look forward to on top of your podcast? I imagine your listeners are, you know, for, for the Padres uh, fans that are listening or watching. And just in general, uh, I don't know, how's, how's life going, man? You ex- is the, you confident that the lockout will end? Like, what's going on, I guess? I, I'm, I'm confident minor leaguers will report to, to uh, camp. I don't necessarily know when yeah. the, the big league prospects are going to get there. But, but no, life over here is good. Uh, you know, for those who listen – from the Padres side of the things who don't know about me, I'm a baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. I cover uh, college baseball. And then 
on on my show on Lock on MLB Prospects, we have a great time. We spend every Monday. It's either a mailbag Monday or a money Monday. We go back and forth. We talk business and sports, and then we take your questions back and forth. Uh, Tuesdays are always college baseball days. We, we've been previewing the different conferences, the preview the Big 12, the SEC. Uh, yesterday's show was the Big 10. We've got the ACC next week. Awesome. Um, Wednesdays are always something like this, uh, just a deep dive on something really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's prospects that are probably not going to miss. Maybe it's you know a player like Mackenzie Gore. Thursdays are usually a crossover. We'll bring on somebody else, a locked on Royals, a locked on Braves, and talk their farm system. Last week we had a really fun. Um, me and Jeff Carr from Locked On Reds did a uh, a Rookie of the Year draft. We each drafted mm-hmm. guys who we thought would win Rookie of the Year, and then Friday is a Farm Friday where we just we talk about an entire div- like right it's now we're previewing entire yeah. divisions on their farm system. And then when the season starts, we're just going to pick one organization and go through their entire farm system. Who's been looking good, who hasn't, how are the minor leagues teams teams doing and you know, who is really building their case to be in that top 10 next year. So a lot of fun. You can follow me on, uh, on Twitter at Crosby baseball, follow the show on Twitter at locked on farm. Uh, and if you have any questions, locked on MLB prospects at gmail.com. Other than that, just, Check the show out. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, like the show, tell your friends. Awesome, man. Awesome. Hey, look, and I must say that that draft thing, you're speaking my language. You're talking to a fantasy degenerate. So any <laughs> draft related thing, you, you we could do a draft on candy bars. We could do a draft on Lego pieces. I got a Lego helicopter boy right here. We could do anything. I'm in. So I'm going to go watch that episode. That sounds like so much fun, man. Uh, it, was it was a, a fun blast one. talking to you too. <laughs> it was absolutely a fun one. And it, you're making me think that during the season, I need to do some sort of like fantasy baseball thing about like, Hey, if you're in a super competitive oh, yeah, league, I was in a 20 team yeah, league last year. If you're in a super competitive league, like here's the prospects you need to know about. You need to go grab because we're getting called up soon. It's a good idea. Absolutely. And I'm going to redirect everyone in my league. If I'm in a dynasty league to your podcast, because I always win. And here's what I mean by that. I always like getting people in my leagues excited about prospects. Shout out my guy, uh, my, my, one of my best friends, Mike Cavalier, who gets excited about like a prospect like Eddie Butler. That's a throwback. Uh, and then he's just kind of neglects the part where you're supposed to also try to win now. So I really <laughs> enjoy that. So please recommend them every player so that, that way they don't buy any baseball and then meanwhile they're hoping that some guy will be good in four years so please everyone go check out let's <laughs> see over at locked on farm uh but in all seriousness man this has been a blast um and for your listeners and whatnot you guys can check me out at java peno j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o locked on padres on youtube if you want to see me and my classic muhammad ali hoodie that i've been wearing for a while this thing is so comfortable holy crap um so you can check me out on there and at LO underscore Padres for the Twitter account for the show where I've been ramping that up too. Um, I've been interacting more with Padres fans on there if you want silliness and what have you. Uh, but otherwise, Lindsay, it has been a total blast. And uh, hopefully we get baseball back sooner rather than later. That way we can do more and maybe cross over again in the future. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.